0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Happy Saturday, everybody. Second day of March, a rainy, gloomy one. But you know what? We're going to brighten your day for you. That's what we do. Dan Grass's show live in a living color right here. You know where we're at. 987 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking it right up until high noon Then Anita Marks. We'll take over the festivities. Got a big day for you here on 98.7. Got a little Rangers hockey a little bit later on tonight, too, as the Blue Shirts are up in Toronto for an original six showdown against the Leafs. We've got Harvey. We've got Joe. They're producing the program. And as always, you can get me on the old X at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. So you and I got together last night for the Friday vehicle. And, you know, there was a lot of things that, of course, we checked off the list. And, you know, this is the time of year where you got all the sports kind of converging with one another. And apart from the fact, if you are a, a Devils fan, there wasn't really a lot happening last night in New York sports. And, yeah, absolutely. As the Devils go out to Anaheim on that West Coast trip and they drop another game this season to the lowly Anaheim Ducks, Jack Hughes had an opportunity. They were given a reprieve. By the officials is the old Ranger Frankie Vetrano uh, trying to get the Ducks to the finish line with two seconds left in the midst of a Devil's flurry decides to basically just shove the uh, net off the moorings and of course that not is just a, you know it's a penalty it's a delay of game and the refs awarded the Devils a penalty shot with two seconds left in regulation Jack Hughes had the chance did not score didn't even get oh, a shot no! off.
2: We suck
1: again. I don't know about again. I think it's just still. So we're burying the Devils today. That's what we're doing. We're burying the Devils. That is another team in our area that you can forget about as far as the postseason is concerned for 2024. And I think that's fair, right? I mean, they've been given ample chances, but this thing hasn't fired yet. And it got me thinking, you know, last night we led with the Knicks. You know, because they were coming off of the disappointment on Thursday against the Golden State Warriors. And we'll talk about them here in just a little bit. Because certainly, you know, it's a big part of the conversation still. The season they've had all the ups and downs. And unfortunately, it looks like another down right now. But it got me thinking big picture. You know, spring is going to be here before you know it. Right? We're a few weeks away from spring. Weather's getting a little bit better. I mean, you wouldn't tell from today. But it's going to get better around here. And baseball's going to be starting up here soon. And you hoped that our winter sports teams would be able to give us some excitement and some thrill once the playoffs roll around in basketball and hockey. But with each passing day, it doesn't really seem like that's happening. And I don't get the sense that, you know, maybe we're not going to be in for as long of a ride as maybe we thought we were going to, let's say, even just a month ago, with the way things have kind of unfolded specifically for the Knicks. And it got me thinking, like, if you're looking Just as far as spring pleasure and spring enjoyment is concerned, right? Right now, at least from my seat, it's the Rangers and everybody else, is it not? Because as far as the hockey is concerned, the Devils are done, okay? There's not going to be any postseason for this team this year. It's not happening. The Islanders, they're basically right where the Devils are. And as far as the Islanders and the Devils are concerned, like if you'd looked at the NHL standings, the Washington Capitals last night leapfrogged both of those teams in the Metropolitan Division. Washington is not a good hockey team. Not at all. This is not like vintage Washington Capitals. So now they're looking up even at them. I don't think either one of them are going to the playoffs. So, of course, you're left with the Rangers. And the Rangers, that is a team that, look, I'd feel a lot better, and I think if you're a Ranger fan, you'd feel a lot better. If Chris Jury over the next week goes out there and brings in at least one top six forward, just to feel a little bit better about your chances. And I, I, I do think they are endeavoring to do that. Now, I don't know who that is. I don't know what the, they're going to have to give up. But certainly, you're a Ranger fan. You want some reinforcements. Given the injuries, of course, to Philippito and to Blake Wheeler, you need some help there up top. And I'm kind of confident that they'll get that done. But nevertheless... You like where this Ranger team is at. This is a team that could go deep in the playoffs. This is a team that can find its way out of the Eastern Conference. I don't think that we're sitting here and just talking out of our you-know-whats. This is a team that can compete for a championship, especially given the fact, and the big difference between the 2024 version of the Rangers and the team, let's say, pre-New Year's New York Rangers, is the play of the goaltender. Because Igor Shosturkin, especially over the last month, has been outstanding. Okay, he has been the Vesna Trophy, Igor Shosturkin, that we all hope to see for the better part of this season. Now, will that continue over the next couple of months? You hope so, but right now you don't have any reason to believe that it's not, and look, I understand that for a good part of the season, especially early on, when Igor was going through his struggles, you had Jonathan Quick there in reserve, and Jonathan Quick is a guy who once upon a time won Stanley Cups, was a cons my trophy winner okay played in big games won big games to have that guy waiting in the wings in a pinch for whatever reason come playoff time i think that that's where the value of jonathan quick is really going to show up now look you hope that he never has to play in the playoffs right you hope that igor number one is healthy number two plays outstanding hockey and then you never have to go to the backup but just to have him waiting in the wings is valuable And, you know, the early part of the season, as I said, when Igor was working through some stuff, for whatever reason it might be, the fact that you had Quickie step in and win you all those hockey games and he was playing outstanding, that all adds up. It counts in the end. You know, I understand that he's 38 years old and, you know, you're not going to want him to play consistently enough. And, look, he had that stinker in Columbus last weekend, which put an end to the 10-game winning streak. But that's going to happen. He's been invaluable for this hockey team from start to finish this year. So the Rangers right now, you feel good about their chances. On the basketball side of things, the Nets aren't a championship team. I mean, the Nets probably aren't even a playoff team this year. They're not. Now, unless you want to get excited about the game that they have this afternoon against the Atlanta Hawks, right? I mean, that's for, like, the final spot in the play-in tournament that if you have any hopes whatsoever to get there, this is a game you want to win. But, okay, if you want to torture yourself and watch that game, be my guest. I would advise other things. Maybe spend some time with family, some friends, maybe go see a movie instead of watching Nets-Hawks. But then that leaves us to the Knicks. And if I would have told you a month ago that we'd be sitting here having to have this conversation about the Knicks, you would have thought I was crazy. Because a month ago, the Knicks were like the darlings of the NBA, the darlings of New York City. This is a team that we were starting to talk about a club that can maybe, just maybe, play all the way until June if things broke the right way. Like, why can't this team go to the conference finals? Who was realistically going to stand in their path? They were playing a tough, fun brand of basketball. All the pieces were mixing together. And even when they lost a player here or a player there, it didn't matter. They still got the contributions necessary to go out there and continue to still win basketball games. Nothing was going to stand in their way. And a funny thing happened along the way. And that was they couldn't overcome the loss of all that manpower. And now you're starting to see it reflect in the standings. And a month that started off with such great optimism turned into a disaster in February. So you can be an optimist and you could say to yourself, hey, it's March. It's a new month. Let's wipe the slate clean of what happened in February. And things are going to be better for this basketball team now that a new month is upon us. Well, you could take that approach fine, but... I don't know if that would necessarily inspire me because the fact of the matter is, even though it's a new month, you're still dealing with the same amount of players that you had two nights ago, and you still got the same roster that you were dealing with a couple of nights ago, where Josh Hart, who played all but, what, 45 seconds of that game against the Golden State Warriors, basically went up there after the game in the locker room and told everybody, look, facts are facts. We don't have the pieces right now. We're like a wounded army. We're doing the best we can. Cut us some slack. So it's good that the guys in the locker room aren't getting down. And to me, that's not getting down. That's just being realistic. Telling it like it is. This team needs help. And now you're going into Cleveland tomorrow night to take on a Cavaliers team, which is playing outstanding basketball, which seems to have righted the ship, even though, by the way, they got Milwaukee breathing down their necks. And isn't it funny how now that, that switch has been flipped with the Milwaukee Bucks? And maybe things are falling into place a little bit now with Doc Rivers, who I'm still not a huge fan of, in a big spot. And I'll believe it when I see it about that team possibly going and winning a championship if he's the guy on the bench. But Cleveland's about to get tracked down by the Milwaukee Bucks. As a matter of fact, they're basically even. So Knicks are going into Cleveland tomorrow night, and that's a team that we probably felt good about them matching up against come playoff time if they were going to lock horns because Knicks took care of them last year. But that was a different version of the Knicks. And none of us know, despite all of the talk and all of the updates. And look, they're never going to be as honest as we would like them to be, telling us this guy's going to be back and this guy's going to be back and he's going to be clear too. That doesn't matter. Until I see it out there with my own two eyes, I'm not going to get excited. And I even brought up this point last night. You know, we hear all about the Knicks getting healthier, healthier, healthier. Okay, well, what does that mean, right? Like, if the Knicks are getting healthy, that's great. You know, OG Ananobi, he was cleared to go out there and do some on-court work. Well, that's great. Julius Randle, if he comes back for the playoffs, fantastic. But that shoulder is still not going to be 100% if he doesn't have surgery on it. And the earliest that's going to happen is the offseason. So you're probably looking at a situation when the playoffs arrive of Julius being less than 100%, him not looking like the 25-10 and 10 All-Star, fans demanding that he gets a one-way ticket out of town in the summertime. Like, you could see all the pieces falling into place again. It's like, I've seen this movie before, right? OG Ananobi just had surgery on his shooting elbow. Is that going to right itself? You're throwing him right back into a, a, a playoff push here and then possibly into the postseason? And Mitchell Robinson, unfortunately, look, the guy tries hard. He's a good player when he's out there. But Mitchell Robinson, when he's in uniform and out on that court, you're just waiting for the next injury to take place. Because the guy's always hurt. So what does getting healthier even for this Knicks team mean? Right now, what they give you from here to the end of the season is I almost think nothing more than a pleasant surprise. Nothing more, nothing less. So what am I getting at? What I'm getting at here is if you look at the springtime for this city and its sports, it might be the Rangers and everybody else. I know we always have these, like, topics, you know, oh, who, who's got the best chance of winning a championship? It doesn't matter right now. That's not what we're saying. But the ones that can actually give you the longest journey and take you on a ride here this spring, it might be the Rangers. And that's it. Because right now, I don't know how much confidence I have in this Knicks basketball team with all the injuries and all the adversity that they've faced. I know baseball's coming around, but we can't get excited about baseball in April and May. It doesn't mean anything. You know, look at the Yankees a couple of years ago. They were like the best team in the world the first two and a half months of the season, and then reality set in, right? And we know how that all ended up. Never thought we'd be having this conversation, but we are. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get more into the Knicks stuff, too. But you know what? Hey, you're a Ranger fan. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. You know, 20 games left in the season, thereabouts. Trade deadline coming up on Friday. Got a chance to be a special runaround here. And even if you get one team in this city, especially in that building, it's rocking. It's going to create some buzz. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. So the Yankee rain delay song even applies if it's like 9 o'clock in the morning and there's no baseball game. That's still, that still counts, Harv?
3: It counts for me. It counts for <laughs> it's, it's crummy outside.
4: <laughs>
1: it's, it's awful. It is so awful. Just running out this morning, it's like, God. One of those you'd love to be in bed, but that's all right. You know what? We're up. We're doing our thing. We're having some fun, and we're hanging out with you till noon today. Dan Grass's show live in a living color, 98.7 ESPN, and it's going to be like 65 degrees and sunny tomorrow. So that's the trade-off. It's crummy today, but tomorrow it's going to feel like springtime, right? You good? The bad, it all evens out there in the end. Talking sports, talking New York, the spring. Hopes for the playoffs all rolled into one little Knicks, little Rangers, bada bing, bada boom, and that's how we roll. We started off this morning on the phones with our good buddy and yours, Marvin in the Bronx. He's first on 9870 ESPN. Marvin, good morning. How are you, my friend?
4: Good morning, G Man. Every time I wake up and see a day like this and I start getting down, I think about the EF spending in Iraq. And risking my life. And I say, you know, it's, it's a bad day, but it's good to be alive.
5: <laughs> that's, you know
1: what, Marv? That's, that's good perspective by you. That's very true. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so I'm going to say this. Everything you said about the Jets and the Knicks is legit. Everything. All right? But I'm going to keep hope because as long as Brunson is around, I got hope in my heart. All right? As long as he's around. All right? Will be in the game when Tom Timberlake, I have a great phrase, the coach. And you, and you're correct about the injuries, guys getting hurt. And when I saw Randall go down, I said, "Oh man," you know, um, you know, um, a gloomy feeling came out of me because I was hoping this season would be like the 1999 season when they went on that special run and they were eight, they were the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. But hey, like I said, I cannot question or uh, denounce what you said because everything you said is true and factual. But I think there's still going to be something special about this season. You know and, what the and difference G-Man, I want 99. you to know, I'm the one that gave you that name. What's that? I'm the one that started calling you G-Man. And I That's wanted right. to stick.
1: That's right. Marv, appreciate the phone call. I, uh, good checking in with you, as always. Here's the difference why I won't go the 99 comparison like Marv did. And remember that one, they end up going to the finals. They lose to Duncan Robinson, a young Duncan, uh, and um, David Robinson in the Spurs. That was that lockout-shortened season, remember? I don't know how many games they played exactly, but it wasn't a full year, and it was kind of one of those, like, just get hot at the right time type of deals, and, and the Knicks did. You know, as that eight seed, of course, the, the thrilling win against Miami there in the opening round, but, you know, this is still 82-game journey. It is a long season, right? Yeah, they played 50 games in 1999. So, I mean, think about it. We, we, we've shot past the 50-game mark already this year. And think about all the adversity and all the manpower and games missed that this Knicks team has had to deal with. That's, look, I'm not going to sit there and sound like one of these overpriced players that are whining and complaining and saying the season is too long. I mean, look, that's your job. That's what you get paid for. You get paid tens of millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. But these are the challenges that you have to navigate through. And, look, by all accounts – Leon Rose and company, they built up, or at least they thought they built up enough depth to withstand a couple of bumps and bruises along the way, right? The trade they made with the Toronto Raptors that brought OG in here, but, you know, Precious Achua, who was a throw-in, supposedly. Think about how invaluable he's been at times for them this year. They went out and made the trade with the Detroit Pistons. Look, I know it hasn't worked out so far as how everybody would have hoped with Burks and Bogdanovich, but... Still got 20-something games left and hopefully a little bit of playoffs for that thing to work itself out. So they kept adding and adding pieces. The problem is they've also lost more along the way. And they've lost frontline pieces too. I mean, their whole front court is gone. It's gone. One of your All-Stars, gone. I made this point last night. Like, how many teams around the – and I, look, I don't, I don't get caught up with All-Star stuff. Maybe the guys can look it up. This year, how many teams in the NBA, guys, had more than one All-Star? I would say off the top of my head, no more than three or four teams, right? And the Knicks are one of those teams. So that says something, right? You've built a culture. You've built a foundation where you got two legitimate guys who each year you expect to be all-stars. You know, when I was growing up, that was like reserved for, you know, teams like the Bulls with, with, with Jordan and Pippen and the Jazz with Stockton and Malone. Like those guys, you can almost, you know, when you're making up your mock all-star rosters at the beginning of the season, no matter what would happen, you knew that those guys were going to be in it each and every year. And it's almost gotten to that point with the Knicks. And that's not a bad thing. Ron is in Westchester. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ron, good morning. How are you?
6: Okay, you know it could be better, but as the previous caller said, it's all about perspective, and that's uh, it. you know you just hinted, That's right, and you just hinted on what I was going to get to. You know, I don't have the answers, I don't have the solutions, um, but I wanted to express some frustration. Uh, the trade for Bojan and Burks has been uh, a dud thus far. I know it's a small sample size; it's only eight games, but uh, Burks um, is playing like he was when he was here a few years ago when we did not have a floor general in Brunson, the ball sticks with him too much. He doesn't move it. It's not fluid. And Bojan, he just looks old. He's not athletic. And even when he makes a 28 foot three pointer, it's never in the sink of the offense. Um, So it's nice and all, and maybe he stretches the floor a little bit because we need shooters. But so far through eight games, nine games, um, that trade has definitely kind of been a dud in my opinion, and uh, I'm just, just frustrated because, you know, you talk about a team that needs firepower. We it's a, it's a scoring league, and you would think if there's anything that those two gentlemen can do is put the ball in the hoop, and uh, they haven't. It just hasn't meld well, and I'm very, very, very frustrated with that.
1: Ron, look, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and, and I thank you for the phone call. I mean, go get the record. Since the trade was made, it hasn't been good. Now, it also coincides with the rash of injuries that the Knicks are dealing with, and I think that that has to at least be thrown into the conversation. Eight teams had two at least two All-Stars this year. I'm shocked. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the talent distribution around the NBA isn't all that great because if eight – how many guys are – what is that, Twenty. What are we talking, 25, 26 guys make the all-star team? Right? And there's 30 teams in the league? So you're telling me that eight of them had more than one all-star representative? So that's like a quarter of the league. Has the majority of (laughs) the talented players in the NBA. That's not good. That doesn't bode well for, you know, NBA action, catch the excitement, however they want to market it, or at least they used to. No, but look, it's no secret. The production is going to have to go up from these two guys. Now, I don't think they're going to sway the Knicks fortunes and make them back to being a team that could make a surprise run to the conference finals if they start playing better. It's going to have to take a lot more than that, like getting some healthy bodies back. But number one, the thing with Burks, and Tibbs loves him, right, he was a guy that Before the trade deadline, I was saying that don't be shocked if he comes back. I advocated for the Knicks bringing him back in here. Familiar with the coach, familiar with the city, the team, selfless player, right? Does anything you ask him to do. Can handle the ball. He was the point guard on those Knicks teams for a little bit because they didn't have a legitimate point guard. So he could play a variety of roles for you. Tibbs only played him 10 minutes the other night, right? Josh Hart got 45 seconds of rest. Alec Burks played 10 minutes. Bogdanovich... It hasn't been an easy transition for him, and I think that there's a couple of factors for that, right? He's not shooting the ball as well as he did in Detroit. Now, look, remember, he missed some time earlier this year with Detroit because of injury, but he's not shooting the ball as well as he did in Detroit, certainly not scoring, doesn't have the opportunities, doesn't have the looks that he had in Detroit because Detroit was a horrible team, right? So he got all those opportunities. The problem with a guy like Bogdanovich is, and Burks to a certain degree, but more so by Bogdanovich because he's a streaky shooter. You're bringing him in to provide secondary scoring, okay? When you're missing the manpower that the Knicks are right now, like three starters, but specifically Randall, who's an all-star, right? OG Ananobi, who is more of a defensive guy. He's a 3 and D guy, but he's here for his defense more than anything, all right? When you're missing these guys, then all of a sudden you look to Bogdanovich a little bit more, not for secondary scoring, but to go out there and score as if, let's say, he's part of your starting unit. And he has not been able to provide that. And right now, I don't know if I want him to be that guy on a playoff caliber team. I know that the Knicks didn't. He was supposed to be in here for depth. But because of the injuries, he's had to do a little bit more. And I don't know if he is capable of doing just that. I'm not going to dump on him and say that he's a bum or he's no good. I just think with the variety of circumstances that this team has dealt with, he's, I think, fallen right along part of it. And that's not great. On 98.7 ESPN. Not a huge sports schedule for New York today. You got the Rangers and Islanders in action a little bit later on tonight. Nets play this afternoon. Spring training baseball, I guess that counts with the Mets and the Yankees. And you got your two soccer games. Both on the road, though, right, Harv? Both teams?
3: Yep, both on the road. Next week, they both have their home openers. Oh,
1: baby. Same day?
3: Yep, same day. Oh,
1: wow. Look at MLS. Look at MLS. Rolling the dice. Trying to see the New York soccer fan compete for the almighty entertainment dollar,
3: and if you're if you're intrigued or inclined, as people say, they they have about five free games on Apple TV, including one that's already on Fox. So, good luck with that.
1: You're talking about who now? The Red Bulls? No, or the just Re- NLS in general.
3: No, the Red Bulls being free on Apple TV. I think I have a better chance of landing <laughs> on a building than than that happened.
1: Well, you don't want that to happen. So, but 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 MLS the the package in general, you get five free games and then one is on Fox today. Is that what you're saying? They, they
3: float around. It's usually like four or five games, but um, they have uh Inter Miami of course with Messi up against Orlando today at four thirty. So they have And that's that a free, free game. That's a free game, even though it's Wow, on they're Fox. actually
1: giving you Messi for free.
3: Yeah, I'm stunned.
1: Free Messi. Is he doing it right? Because I saw the maybe it was when they were doing one of those international tours, right during the offseason. I saw he was like a little like grumbly and kind of sniping at people in the media and this and that. Is he is he doing it right, our buddy Messi?
3: He's doing it right. It was it was a complete mess and essentially a waste of time for them to do all that. But he's got an assist and a goal already, so two points in two games. So he's doing it right.
1: So all is right with the world. He was in a Super Bowl commercial. All things are turning up messy. That's good. It's messy outside today. 800 919 That's the telephone. Let us say yeah, thank you, guys. A little late with that one. Wow. Come on. See if we can keep churning them out this morning. Tommy in Connecticut is up next here on 98.7. Tommy, good morning. How are you?
8: Yeah, thanks for not giving me the ding before whatever that sound effect was.
1: Oh, man. What's going on, Tom?
8: Uh, we're doing all right. We're talking Rangers. We got a good team going. Um, I think you made a great point if Igor's igor, I think we got the goaltending to make a deep run um and i know so i know you're i know you're a devil fan, but I know you're tuned in with the Rangers um and obviously just watched the ducks play do you, do you think patranno's the best uh the the best target to go after before the trade deadline next week?
1: well, again, it's that familiarity which also factors in right so I think that you don't lose any points for that one. Um, yeah, I think, hey. I
8: think it's like Tarasenko falls into the same category, right?
1: A little, a little bit, but you know, do you, th- that seems like it's just a little bit. The, the I don't even know if you want to call it a wound, but I don't know if I want to revisit that one that soon. Even though for Toronto, it's not like he was a Ranger ten years ago. Um, it, it, you 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 could do a lot worse. I know that there's some other targets out there as well, but he, here's the question, Tom, and and I don't think that this is going to end up being reality. But let's just say. Rangers do nothing. You still think this team could win a Stanley Cup?
8: Um, I, I I think that I just think they need to make a change to unlock that top line because I for whatever reason Mika is now. Granted, it is March, so it's Mika March, but uh, he just he hasn't been himself this year. No, you know I know he's got, he's, he's got a fair amount of goals, but um, it's like yeah. But you he know can, the last only, time you know last he can time only Mika be scored on the power play, you know?
1: You know the last time Mika scored a goal five on five?
8: Right. T- is, is it before Christmas?
1: Yeah, before Christmas. Yeah.
8: Good God.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. And look, he he flip flopped that top line the other night. Remember, he moved Capo Caco up to that first line wing because VC had been up there since the Blake Wheeler uh, injury. And Tommy, thanks a lot for the phone call. They, I think they have the pieces. You know, like, Mika's a perfect example. Like, he gets going, and and you heard Tommy say there, Mika March. Like, if you go back and, you know, throughout the entire National Hockey League over the last, you know, four or five years, like, Mika Zibanejad is one of the most productive players in the month of March uh, that you have in all the league. So you hope that he catches fire again here starting tonight when they skate against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let us say hi to Bobby and Matawan, who's up next here
2: on 98.7. Bobby, good morning. What do you say, Dad? Bob, what's going on with you? Uh, just uh, driving around a little bit on this rainy day. Nice. I got uh, I got sucked into I got sucked into the Knicks, man, again this year. <laughs> but you know, Brunson is a first time All Star. He's not, you know, he's not a perennial All Star. He's a first time All Star because he's the whole offense, the 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 coach, um, which it goes all back to. You guys have been dancing around it, dancing around it. supposed out coached Tibbs terribly last year. If you get a guy like Lowry or somebody to clamp down on on uh, Brunson, he's ineffective. And then all they're doing is hoisting up three-pointers. They don't have any, uh, you know, there's no no offense. He's not an X's and O's coach. He just lets them run around. That's why Burks, he gets a hold of the ball. He'd never seen a shot he didn't like. He he just throws the ball up. He runs at the basket. You know, uh, they have no choice with Burks and Bogdanovich because they don't have the the front line. But I think when Mitch Robinson comes back, that Hartenstein was, a was a, you know, that was an eye opener. He got this playing time. You know, some of these games you see him, he plays really, really well. And I think him and Mitch Robinson may prove to be a good middle. Um, and maybe Bogdanovich and, and, and Burke start to find their shot. You know, when DiVincenzo's on, the kid is just, I mean, swish, swish, swish. And then, you know, you never hook with a hooker, right? He wants to try a three-point shootout with Steph Curry. I mean, that was a fool's errand. So I think a lot of it has to do with the coach. The coach, you know, gets the best out of the talent that he's got, and I don't see it with this guy. I see him as like a mini Riley. We saw it in the 90s with Riley with the short bench. John Stark, two for 18, you know, and he's got Rolando Blackman, one of the best three-point shooters, sitting on the bench, and I never, I never got a sniff. So yeah, but I that's a little Knicks, you know that's
1: a little different though. If you want to if you want to open up those old wounds again, there, Bobby, I I, I can't I, I can't kill him for that. You know, it's like you, you dance with the girl you brought, for example, right? That's Game Seven of the NBA Finals. You're there because of John Starks. You know, you almost you live by the sword, you die by the sword that day. You know, and I'm not, look, I'm not gonna sit here. First of all, comparing Tibbs to Pat Riley is I I I, I can't go there. You know, I think Tibbs is I, I think Tibbs a real real good coach. Pat Riley's one of the best to ever. Do it. Best to ever do it. Let's not forget those Knicks teams, you know, 30 years ago in the 90s, they, they weren't blessed with, with, with skill. They had to go out there and, and, and win basically slugfests because back then you could do that in the NBA, right? I mean, there was back then it was Patrick Ewing, and then you were like, who's the dependable number two guy? You know, throughout much of Ewing's career, especially like his prime years, he did not have a legitimate number two. I'm sorry, John Starks, is, John Starks was not like a legitimate number two guy like we come to think of him now in the NBA. He had his moments, you know, made an all-star team and all that stuff, but he wasn't a legitimate number two that some of these other guys have, you know, the superstars that can win championships in the NBA. Ewing had to basically do it all by himself. All by himself. Here's the thing, too, about the Knicks. And I wanted to see how long it was going to take. Before the heat started to fall on the shoulders of the head coach, and we just got to, and, and Bobby basically right there threw it all on him. And I didn't know if it would happen now. I didn't know if it would happen in the playoffs, or maybe even once we got to the summertime. But it's already starting, so you know what? Brace yourselves for that one. I don't think you could blame whatever the heck is going on now with the Knicks or however this season goes on the head coach. How can you? I know that the old saying is, you know, you you coach the guys you have, great. But really, whoever you consider to be the best coach in the NBA right now, you really think that they're going to take this team and go deep in the playoffs as, as presently constituted, missing your whole starting front court? That's not fair because you know what? When this team won nine games in a row and everybody was talking about this team could go to the conference finals and give Boston a run for their money, nobody was sitting here saying that Tibbs was a problem and saying that it was the head coach's fault. That's all after-the-fact stuff. You know, normally everybody blames Tibbs because, oh, you know what? He got out-coached by Spolster in the playoffs last year. Okay, good. One of his two all-stars was basically out there on one leg last year. So how does that fall on him? Same thing this year. That's not fair to judge Tom Thibodeau's performance because he's missing three of his starters, for crying out loud. You want to revisit this conversation when the season's over? Fine, be my guest. I don't know what's going to happen over the next 20 games and however long their playoff run goes. I have no idea. But to sit here and say that the Knicks have lost 7 out of 9 because the head coach suddenly doesn't know what he's doing with these players, hey, they're all adjusting on the fly, right? They've incorporated the new guys from Detroit. They're trying to see if all these other guys can fall into place. You know, you've got guys in your starting lineup that you didn't envision would be starters in a million years for you. You know, you made a trade with Toronto, you were acquiring OG and nobody to start, not Precious Achua. Josh Hart's a real good player, heart and soul type player, but he's not a guy that should be playing, you know, basically 48 minutes a night for you in your starting lineup. He's supposed to be an energy guy off the bench. Hustle guy. Just trying to find something that works right now and help bridge the gap until you get a little bit healthier. That's not fair to blame the head coach. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Garden of Laughs returns to the theater at MSG on March 27th, benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. The all-star comedy lineup features Bill Burr, Michael J, Chris Stefano, Jim Gaffigan, Heather McMahon, Tracy Morgan, Sam Morrill, and John Stewart. It's hosted by Steve Sharipa. You can support the Garden of Dreams Foundation and you can also have a great time doing it. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Dan Gross' show. We're rolling along here on a Saturday morning talking Knicks, talking the problems that currently plague them, and let's be real. It's injuries, injuries, and more injuries. 22 games left in the season. Lost seven of your last nine, and, and, you know, I, I raised this point yesterday, and, I mean, it's basically the conversation we're having right now. There's a legitimate possibility that on March the 2nd, 60 games into the season, we may have seen the best of the Knicks. Right? I I mean, if you want to have cold, hard facts, we may have seen the best it's going to get for this basketball team this year. They might have peaked. You never want to peak too early. But I think that extenuating circumstances, namely all these injuries, might have forced their hand a little bit. Because once this team at least gets some bodies back, what shape are they going to be in? Right? Like, what is going to be truly considered healthy for this basketball team? And there's a guy that we're not even talking about right now and Isaiah Hartenstein. Like, how could we sit here and just automatically pencil his name into the lineup for the next 20 games or to finish out the rest of the season? This is a guy who's already missed time because of the Achilles soreness. And by his own admission, he even said a couple of days ago, you know what? I should probably be sitting for a couple of more weeks. But I got to be out there right now because my team needs me. I mean, he's only playing now, what, like 20 minutes a night? And this was somebody once upon a time when Mitchell Robinson first went down, Hartenstein was out there playing like 35 to 40 minutes a night. And maybe he pushed it a little too hard because that was a player that wasn't used to logging that much time up and down the court. And look, he was playing an important role, and he was really productive doing it, but that all catches up to you, and I said it at the time. That's what you got to worry about. It's like taking a car that's just been sitting in your garage for the last, you know, three, four years, and then all of a sudden, you just turn it on one day, and you want to just beat the hell out of it. Eventually, the car is going to be like, no mas, no more. Manny and Flushing, up next here on 98.7. Manny, good morning. How are you? Good, you? Good manny, what's going
5: on? Good to hear. Yes, yes. Um listen, I think it's unfortunate the, the Knicks have in endured an injury bug and and you know, as right now they're not playing as they should. I mean, you like to, they were I think they were four and they were four and eight in the month of February, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, they lost some games which I thought they should have won. I mean, they should have won that game against Houston. But nevertheless, I mean, I just think honestly they will turn around um when those guys are healthy. And let's see, and listen, even despite all the trouble, the Knicks are still in the fourth seed, which is shocking to say the least. I mean, three weeks ago, they were in the fourth seed. Three weeks later, they're in the fourth seed now. But that being said, look, I'm not going to pile on the trade yet because, because listen, those guys, if they were healthy and they're inconsistent, yeah, I'm going to pile on them. But I can't just can't say that, yes, they've been disappointing struggling, but I can't just pile on them yet because it's, I think it's unfair.
1: I Manny, I agree with you, and that's the point that I've been trying to drive home here. And I thank you for the phone call. Like it's, you can't judge the Bogdanovich and Burke's move without a healthy rest of the roster. Because now you're expecting these guys to do more than they what they were originally intended to do when they were acquired. And I look in a perfect world, it would be great if they can maybe step up their game here. But these aren't those type of players. Remember. If these guys were indeed, quote-unquote, difference makers, number one, they'd be in somebody's starting lineup right now. Maybe a team outside of the New York Knicks would have went and tried to acquire them, thinking it could behoove them on a deep playoff run this year. They are who they are at this point in their careers. Now, here's one other thing that Manny said, and he's looking at it glass half full. I don't know if you can be as sunny and optimistic. Yes, they're still in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. I get all those things. But they're barely holding on to it. If you look at four through eight in the East, including the Knicks, so that's five teams, there's only a game and a half that separates them. And the way that the Knicks are trending right now compared to those other teams, do you really feel confident that they're going to hang on to that spot? Remember, Philadelphia has been without Embiid for how long? And they have not been playing well. Now think about how important those two games that the Knicks have coming up against Philadelphia, both of them at Madison Square Garden, next Sunday, and then two nights later on the 12th. Those are two games that you have to have if you want to hold off a team like Philadelphia. But Orlando is only a game behind you. They're playing really well. Miami has gotten it together. They're making their annual push late in the season, it seems like. Indiana, who has two all-star caliber players in this lineup. Of course, with Halliburton, and let's not forget with Siakam. All right? Offensively, they're a beast. Those teams scare me. And specifically, if you're asking me right now who I think out of that group you should fear, definitely Miami. And I would also throw Orlando into that mix. So to me, the two Florida teams are the ones that you need to look out for here just trying to fend them off if you could somehow, some way, stay into that top four. If, and I say if, it's a big one, if you tell me in a perfect world the Knicks will finish fourth and they're going to get these guys back, at least Randall and OG back for the playoffs, even if they're not going to be 100%, I'll sign up for that. Because at least it guarantees me home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, Right? Give us a chance to maybe work through some things, trying to integrate everybody back into the lineup. It's not the worst-case scenario. But the tricky part about it is, what team am I getting matched up against in that 4-5 in the first round? That's a team that could easily pick you off. Like, what happens if you're playing Miami in the first round in a 4-5? Are you going to feel comfortable about that? The way you're playing and the current makeup of your team versus Miami and generally what they do this time of year? That would be concerning. Steven Jersey is up next here on 98.7. Steven, good morning. How are you? Hey,
6: what's up, man? What's up, Steve? Uh, I heard you. This, I heard you this week with Don, and I gotta say you were god awful. Like this wasn't your best work. I think maybe it's time you, you know, you hang it up. Now, why I'm would kidding. you call me, awesome. Steve? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're awesome. You know I love you. I tried I you last week for Dave. You I know, know I love you. <laughs> what's no, up, but Steve? I'm just saying, it's like hi. Right, all right, so I think it's just parallel with the Knicks, and I feel like you know what they need to take a step back, like Aaron Rodgers, and relax, but like, like recoup everything. Like I don't think we should sound the alarm. Let's just you know things like this happen, you know. But I think we're more prepared, and I think we're pretty good shape. Like you know, I think once everything pans out and everything works out, so I don't think we need to fire alarms and you know make panic moves. I think we need to relax, like guys uh, recoup and. uh Recovered, you know, but thank, you thank you very much. You're the man. You know you were great. Steve,
1: I I I love you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, But but here's the problem, though. You know why it's a dangerous parallel to make between the Knicks and the Jets? Last time the Knicks won was 1973. Last time the Jets won was 1969. You know, unfortunately, we're not talking about two franchises that have a, a long track record of success. So it's tough to just sit here and say, oh, yeah, you know, just just run it back and and see what happens. I mean, shoot, yeah, the Jets are operating that way because they have no choice this year. You know, they're all in on the quarterback, the Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it, that you hope to hell you get more than four plays out of next year or else there's going to be significant changes. The Knicks, you know, I don't know if you have anybody to the caliber of Aaron Rodgers or the basketball equivalent of it. You just got to get a little bit healthier. And I don't know if that necessarily means – A deep run in the – because here's the fact of the matter. Even if the Knicks were healthy, I mean, you look at the Boston Celtics right now, all right, and did you see what they did last night to Dallas in their building, you know, serving up yet another reminder? Boston is really, really good. Like, right now, you know, if I gave you a choice, who's going to win the NBA championship this season, Boston or the field, like, you'd be hard-pressed to take the field. Like, Boston's really, really good. And how are Knicks fans going to feel about it, too? You see, Kristaps Porzingis help a team win a championship. Gosh. Celtics are the I, – I, I'm not kidding. The Celtics are – they're the real deal. If they stay healthy, good luck trying to beat them. Now, that's, that, of course, would make it fun in the playoffs. You know, that's why you watch. You like to see the upsets and that sort of thing. But – you know, a healthy Knicks team, if we could take the conversation back to before all these injuries took place, a healthy Knicks team getting matched up against the Boston Celtics, let's say in the Eastern Conference Finals, and let's say if you, if you lost in five games, would you look back and say that that's a bad season for the Knicks? I wouldn't. You know? You were one step away from the NBA Finals with a roster that you had to retool on the fly throughout the season. There are worse places to be in. You're building something. The thing that I said yesterday was, depending on how this season plays out for the Knicks, is that going to force Leon Rose and company's hand once the summer gets here and make them come to the decision, hey, you know what? Even if we were healthy, this group might not have been good enough and we have to go out and shake things up again maybe with some blockbuster trade come July. That is what I think Bears watching but we got to see what happens over the next 20 games all right when we come back wise man once said regrets I have a few let's get into that a little bit deeper as far as sports is concerned